welcome back to episode two of the Girl Mayhem podcast. Now, fair warning, in this episode, we are going to be talking about subject matters such as stalking, aggressive and abusive control, sexual assault, and murder. The reason why we're talking about this in this episode, as you can tell by the title, is we're going to be talking about the Lifetime show turned Netflix show, You, and we're going to be talking about why people are romanticizing a serial killer and a murderer from that show, and we're going to just kind of take a look at the series as a whole and how women were conditioned to possibly romanticize a serial killer growing up. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and let's dive right in. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to play you a clip from Karamo's Instagram, Karamo from Queer Eye. He posted a video and I definitely think that it's important to start off with this before we dive in. So we're going to start off with this video. One second here. So I'm walking down the street with Sugar. And I just heard this mother tell her daughter that the boy who's picking on her in school is only picking on her because he likes her. And I have to tell you all, that is the wrong thing to teach our children. As a culture, we should never be telling our little girls that if someone is treating you bad, that if they are being emotionally abusive, that if they are being disrespectful, that that somehow equates to love because it does not. We got to do better than that. You got to think about the language and the things you're teaching people, especially at that young age. At no point should that little girl think that someone being mean to her is a form of love. And if someone in your life is being disrespectful to you, being mean to you, saying rude things, it's not because they like you. It's because they have insecurities and they're projecting them onto you. And you don't deserve that. So why are we taught that then? Why is that what someone tells us? Why is that something our mothers tell us? Our aunts our grandmothers, why is that the message that we are given? And why do we continue that behavior into adulthood? Because I'm not going to lie. I was taught that when I was younger, that if you, if someone's mean to you, it just means that they like you. And I actually caught myself being this way recently. And I'm 27 years old, where I am subconsciously mean to someone that I like and I know it's wrong but I still do it so now that I'm aware of that fact that I'm still doing it now I have to basically train myself out of it and this is how we break the cycle right we break it first with ourselves and then when we have children we always remember that that is not the right message to send we need to break the cycle of telling people that if someone is mean to you, it means that they like you. Otherwise, stuff like hap- that happens in the show you, we're going to be conditioned to be like, oh, but he just really likes her. That's what's happening. So let's dive into this straight away here. We're going to talk about you. So what is you about? Let me read you the teaser for you. What would you do for love? For a brilliant male bookstore manager who crosses paths with an inspiring female writer, this question is put to the test. A charming yet awkward crush becomes something even more sinister when the writer becomes the manager's obsession. 
Using social media and the internet, he uses every tool at his disposal to become close to her, even going so far as to remove any obstacle, including people, that stands in his way of getting to her. So season one of You started off as a lifetime show. Uh, Season two of You will be now on Netflix, and that's actually where this show blew up was on Netflix. It stars Penn Badgley, who played Dan in Gossip Girl. And I don't know if you've ever seen Gossip Girl, but basically people are equating it to if Gossip Girl was a psychopathic killer. Um, Pam Badgley, who plays Joe and you, the main character, the bookstore manager who becomes obsessed and stalks this female writer. He played Dan in Gossip Girl. I think I already said that, but Dan was actually Gossip Girl. So Dan was collecting information about people and releasing it at certain points in times that were essential to people's lives. He basically had control over people's lives because he had control over the information and when he would let it go and when he would keep. So it's basically we're watching a retelling of Dan's character as a killer because Dan's character in Gossip Girl was controlling. He did have access to all this information. He knew who was doing what. He knew how to manipulate them using that information that he had. Gossip Girl started when social media was starting to get out there. When social media started to become a big thing, like Twitter was becoming a big thing, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff. And so what's funny is that you sold itself as a cautionary tale about social media Basically saying social media is merely how the vampire gets invited into the house. However, you is actually a wicked satirical tragedy about toxic masculinity and is more focused on what the vampire does once he's been invited in to the house. It doesn't matter that Joe had an abusive childhood growing up. Or that he helps out his neighbor and her kid get away from an abusive boyfriend. By killing the said boyfriend, mind you. Again, that's murder. The sad part is that this is a real issue in relationships in this age. The guy is clearly out of line and obsessed. But it's being justified by his affection, quote unquote. And trying to, again, quote unquote, protect Beck romanticizing him is twisted yet not surprising with the fact that this generation has grown up with sexual fantasies like Edward Cullen. In 2006, young adult novels portrayed the girls falling in love with guys similar to Joe, such as Edward Cullen from Twilight. So if you think about it, Edward Cullen is Joe and Joe is Edward Cullen. Edward would watch Bella sleep. He followed her to Port Angeles when she was with her friends The relationship ran on Edward's terms. He told her what to do, where to go, who she could go with, who she could and could not hang out with. Only Joe does it in a different way. Joe manipulates her into seeing that her friends are quote-unquote toxic. He ends up killing people that he thinks are toxic to her because she won't leave them herself. You is actually shown in the style of a rom-com. And since we're seeing everything from Joe's point of view, and since he's dead set on living out his perfect 
fantasy, his perfect rom-com fantasy, we are forced to constantly question what we're feeling. Think about, take a second here, think about all of the rom-coms you've seen growing up or you still do watch, especially the ones from the early 90s, right? How many of those rom-coms are built on a guy wearing down a girl until she just gives in? Hey guys, this is the part of the podcast where we'll put commercials once ads realize we're the best and they want to work with us. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or SoundCloud and please go give us a nice rating, maybe some comments. Do all the stuff that helps get our podcast out there to more people. And now back to whatever conversation is happening. Hopefully it's funny. Okay, so (laughs) that was a commercial that I recorded for all future podcasts until maybe we get some sponsorships. So I apologize for the hopefully it's funny part because I do want to have some more lighthearted topics here. But we're going to be talking about rom-coms now and I have some examples for you of rom-coms where the guy is wearing the girl down or being stalkerish and being creepy so let me list these for you the first I'm going to be talking about is 500 days of summer Tom wants to meet the girl of his dreams doesn't think it'll happen then he bumps into his boss's new assistant summer and knows that she's the one he becomes obsessed with finding out what went wrong when summer dumps him Excuse me, you bump into her, know she's the one? The hell? No. No. Also, the title of the movie is 500 Days of Summer. Her name is Summer. Stalkering, obsessing, what? No, not a rom-com. I'm sorry. The next one is 27 Dresses. Now, let me just say that as a former journalism major... I can kind of see the guy's intent, but it's wrong. It's still wrong. Even from a journalism perspective, it's wrong. The reason why it's wrong, to give you some backstory before I read this, um, he meets her at a wedding that he happens to be attending at the same time because he's a wedding journalist and he wants to break out of the wedding circuit. He is writing a story about the wedding, sees this crazy lady changing in and out of cabs. She's got, basically she's a bridesmaid for hire. He happens to get a hold of her planner because she leaves it in the taxi that they're both in and proceeds to bump into her, quote unquote bump into her, any chance he gets. So Jane is stalked by a journalist, Kevin, who is chasing a story about Jane and happens to quote unquote bump into her at every turn. Like I just said, um, yeah, that's still not right. You, she should have told her and he should have like planned to meet up with her instead of basically stalking her. The next one is Notting Hill. Will stalks Anna. He turns up at her film set in London. And then earlier in the film, he, you guessed it, pretends to be a journalist after accidentally stumbling into a press conference. So again, he's stalking her. And the last one. <laughs> I'm sorry to burst all y'all's bubbles. But uh, 
10 things I hate about you. Yep, you heard me right. 10 things I hate about you. Both Cameron and Patrick stalk slash obsess over their respected leading ladies. Cameron pays Patrick to convince his leading lady to go on a date with him so that Cameron can go on a date with his leading lady, who's not allowed to date until her sister dates. So, basically, he's obsessing over his leading lady, Cameron is. And then Patrick starts stalking his leading lady so that he can get her to date him so that Cameron can date his leading lady. Yeah, that's that's a that's stalking, guys. That's not right. And, you know, this goes both ways, but we're talking about toxic masculinity. Um, so let's talk about how women are portrayed in rom-coms, okay? So some of my favorite rom-coms that I like... One in particular is Holiday in Handcuffs. I always watch it around the Christmas time. Happens because, let me just give you the synopsis of that one too. Basically, this girl's going to go home for her family on Christmas and her boyfriend breaks up with her right before she's about to take him to meet the family and he's a douche. He's a dick. He breaks up with her. So she sees a charming guy, Mario Lopez, and she kidnaps him. She holds him at gunpoint, kidnaps him, puts him in handcuffs, drives him up to her family's um, place in the mountains. There's no cell reception. All cell phones are taken from them. There's not a gas. There's only one gas station for miles. There's no way to get there. There's only one person who has keys to all the cars. Only one person's allowed a cell phone the entire time. And yeah, she's crazy for doing that. But I'm going to tell you why she's crazy for doing that. Again, this is sexist because her family, her entire family is mean to her. Like her mom and dad want things for her that she she does not want. Her sister is considered the favorite of the family and she's always talked down to because her sister is considered the favorite and can do no wrong. Her brother is following in the footsteps of her dad and again, she is not following the norm. She's not following her parents. And I'm not justifying her. Like, it sounds like I am, but I'm not justifying her actions for kidnapping him. Because that's kind of saying, like, going back to this whole point of Joe, that it doesn't matter how he grew up. It doesn't matter that he had an abusive childhood growing up. What matters are his current actions. And it doesn't matter that she has a shitty family. What matters are her actions. So his actions, Joe's actions, let's go back to you. His actions, again, include stalking, aggressive and abusive control, sexual assault, and murder. But again, because we're seeing the entire show from Joe's perspective, we're getting mixed emotions, mixed feelings. Joe sees himself as a chivalrous guy. He sees that he's protecting her from all these people that want to do her wrong. So one scene in particular is when Peach, who's in love with Beck, is Beck's best friend. Beck does not know that Peach is in love with her. But basically, Peach is watching Beck in the bath. And the entire time, Joe is hidden behind a door watching Peach watch Beck. And he's saying in his mind, 
how sick and invasive it is that Peach is watching Beck in the bathtub. And yet there he is doing the exact same thing. He's hiding in Peach's house behind a door watching her watch Beck. And I'm not going to lie. When I was in that scene, in that moment with Joe, a little part of me was like, no, he's wrong. What he's doing is wrong. But then a part of me was like, he's right, though. What she's doing, too, is also invasive and sick. But, like, he's doing the exact same thing. So I was even having an inner debate with myself while watching that scene. And, and like... I, okay, so real spoilers here. I don't want anyone, if you want to watch the show, or if you're currently watching the show, just pause now, finish the, the season, and then come back, because I'm about to talk about the ending of the season, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But basically, at the end, when Beck comes to the realization that the good guy, quote-unquote good guy, that she's been dating is a psychopath. I was right there with her going, get the fuck out. Do what you need to do. Run from him. Get away. Get away. And I just cannot believe that there are still women out there. Even though, again, we're all in Joe's head for when that's when that's happening, when she's trying to get away from him. We're still in Joe's perspective the only time we get Beck's perspective of things is in one episode where she had been hiding a secret from everyone which is that her dad is still alive and that's the only moment we get a little bit of a hint of what's in Beck's mental state like what she's thinking but we never get a feel for what she thinks about Joe but you can kind of tell like she gets at one point kind of wary of him. Um, but then she kind of like brushes it out of the rug. She sees a red flag for a minute and then she's like, no, 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 it, it can't be. And like she brushes it out of the rug and it ultimately leads to her death. And there you go. He kills her. Joe kills her. And to be honest, that's the only way this series could have ended. Or the season, I mean. Not the series, because the series is still going. We're about to have season two. But that's the only way it could have ended, was with him killing her. Like, when she finds out everything he's done, there is no way he could. And I found myself rooting for him because I wanted the series to continue. But then I also was like, no. No, don't root for the bad guy. Don't root for someone who has been manipulating another woman. How how messed up is that? And I think that the showrunners have kind of done a good job at making you question yourself and question your integrity. Because if you're rooting for a guy to kill another person, a woman, because you're in love with him or you're romanticizing him, that's just bonkers to me. Like, no, ladies, no, please do not romanticize serial killers. Please, please don't do it. <laughs> like, just stop. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And apparently neither can P Penn Badgley. People have been tweeting at this guy, the guy that plays Joe, 
asking him to kidnap him. Like, no, 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 no. That's all I can say on this matter is just no. So I want to know, <laughs> now that I've said no so many times, I would like your opinion of the show You. Have you watched it? What are your thoughts? Are are you romanticizing Joe? What about Joe makes you want to romanticize him? Or are you more in my camp of like, no, he's crazy. He's a stalker. No, I should not be having these feelings for him. Like, no. Or are you just straight up like, nope, he's a bad guy. Nope, next. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. So I want to know, I want to hear from you guys what your thoughts are on the show you. Um, what do you think is going to happen in season two now that supposedly his first girlfriend is not dead? Um, and what do you think about rom-coms and the foundation of it being that guys are wearing women down until they just give in and say yes? Um, so have you thought of your rom-coms recently, your favorite ones? Think about them. Let me know. You can always send your thoughts, any podcast ideas you have. Go ahead and send them to us. Our email address will be in the description. It's thegirlmayhem at gmail.com. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to get some hate emails about this episode. That is completely fine. Um, I will either delete them or if they're actually constructive feedback or topics, maybe we can talk about them um, in, a new, in another episode. But um, if they're nice, I will not be reading any hate emails on a podcast. That's not going to happen. But anyway, um, I hope that this was kind of eye-opening to a lot of people. Uh, one thing that I always hate but love doing is looking back at something and seeing how society twisted it to be something it shouldn't be and rom-coms was that topic tonight so or today I should say anyway that was it thank you so much for coming with me on this journey and if you have any series that you think I should watch that you want to recommend any books or whatnot please let me know leave them in the comments please uh share and like and subscribe and have a great rest of your week Thank you.